Hi everybody, welcome to episode 7 of the Grumpy Bunny. We are going to be making jerky and all sorts of other dehydrated things in this nifty new dehydrator that I got a couple weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago. I know I'm a week late on our episode. I hope that you missed me as almost as much as I missed you. Actually, no, I take that back. I hoped you missed me more than I missed you, but I, I, it's going to be a toss-up on who missed who the most, but we can fight about that later. I uh, am unbelievably excited to be back uh, doing this episode with you today, and I can't thank iLogic Media enough for once again giving me this amazing opportunity to have this podcast and to just share my escapades in cooking and all things home-related. You know, before we get started, um, there's something that I want to talk about. Like, I guess you could say it might be uh, <clears throat> a bit of a... I don't know. About 11 years ago, I was involved in an incident that kind of changed my life. Um, uh, it was something work-related. I ended up having to have some surgeries and some... The details, honestly, are irrelevant. The thing is, is that that period of my life was unbelievably difficult, both mentally, obviously physically, but most of all financially. It took a long time to get back to a base place and a lot of money, a lot of tears and a lot of struggle. And um, there's someone within the iLogic network, another content creator kind of like me, who does all these amazing shows uh, regarding the stock market. And though we are all in different genres for this podcast community within iLogic, there's one thing that we are. It's a community. And the moment that we found out that he was going through such um, an awful situation, we jumped at the chance to find ways within each of our own to provide assistance as best we could. That's going to be in the form of a fundraiser that you're going to hear about in just a second. You know, I really think that this is something I, I urge you to take a moment to listen to that uh, we're going to, he's going to talk about. There's a lot of things that I think you really like. It's just close to my heart. So anyway, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my producer, John Cole. He also happens to be one of the creators of the iLogic Media Network. And he's going to take a couple minutes to just explain what we're going to do. So take it away, John. Well, hi, Derek. I appreciate it. Um, I, I enjoy watching these shows very much from behind the scenes and uh, happy to come on and say hello. Oh, am a, I back? I think you're back. I think ah. it looks like we've been having some technical difficulties here. <laughs> Sorry, so. I'm in a place with not great internet, so I'll get right to the point. Um, you know, our friend Sean, Superman dude. You know, folks, uh, it looks like we're having some difficulties. So honestly, you, are you, I think what I'm going to do is do my very best to kind of explain what John's talking about. So he's developed this wonderful raffle that we're going to have that's going to allow you to take and um, 
a donation, and with this donation, you're going to receive a raffle ticket. This raffle ticket, when it's raffled, uh, <clears throat> the winners of these are going to each have an opportunity to receive uh, one of the items that are going to be in the uh, raffle list that you can see. Uh, I posted the entire thing on my Facebook page, The Grumpy Bunny, and then I will do the same on my Twitter uh, feed. If you have any questions or concerns, have any difficulties perhaps trying to get in touch, don't hesitate. Message me <clears throat> at the Grumpy Bunny and I will be, or email me at mrgrumpybunny at gmail.com. And I will be more than happy to give you all of this information that you need. In addition to the raffle that we're going to be doing, we are also right now proud to announce that we have a shop. Holy shit. Shoot. <laughs> right? And in regards to that shop, we now have a lot of different things that you can buy, both from the iLogic Media Network and most importantly, Grumpy Bunny stuff. So you can go onto the website, ilogicmedia.com right now, and you can purchase any of the items that you see, including the, although I hate to say it, the fanny pack. And this uh, $5 of the proceeds from this sale will go directly to the fundraiser that we're raising for this. Um, and that is going to be the best way that we know how. I will also be throwing a couple of raffles uh, and I will be doing a uh, charity giveaway. We're going to make some personalized wreaths for people. It's a really great thing. So stay tuned to the B Grumpy Bunny Facebook page, as well as the iLogic Media Facebook page for all of the updates to what we can do to help someone else. I cannot stress you enough how important this cause is to me. <clears throat> so, whew. Let's get started with the show, right? Man, that's like a <clears throat> tearjerker way to start the thing. So let's let's just move on to jerky. So jerky, the interesting thing about jerky is that it is a heck of a lot easier to make than I had anticipated. I wanted to do this because I absolutely love jerky, but being gluten-free, I, I struggle sometimes being able to find a gluten-free jerky that A, isn't super expensive and B, doesn't suck. So I wanted to make my own. So I bought a dehydrator. I didn't buy a smoker because I'm only allowed one technologically advanced thing at a time. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how to do it later. But this dehydrator turned out to be one heck of an amazing thing. And jerky so good that this is all that I have left after three weeks <laughs> of being able to prepare for you. Because someone, to remain nameless, <clears throat> has been eating it. Anyway, so let's talk about jerky, how to make it, what you're going to use for a basic marinade, how you can expand on the marinade, and some do's and don'ts that you're going to want to remember when you're making your own jerky at home. Number one, let's start first with slicing the meat. So the best way to make sure is you want to slice this to be a quarter of an inch to a little less than a half an inch thick. That's about yay big. You can obviously cut thicker chunks of meat if you'd like. In some instances, that's what I have done here. And that's fine. It's just going to take a little bit longer to, to dehydrate itself to pull that moisture out. You're also probably going to have to lower it at lower temperature. But if you can keep to a quarter inch, it's actually going to look something like this when it's all dehydrated. That's best for the cooking time of about five to eight hours. 
So we've sliced these, uh, we slice your meat here about a quarter inch thick, and then you're gonna marinate. Now, I was really worried before I got started with this, thinking that the marinade was gonna be super, super difficult, but in fact, it's not. I'm using an enamel pot uh, to do both the marinade in and the cooking of the meat in a little like, later, and that's gonna be something that's best. I wouldn't put a mar your marinade into a metal container. I did find when I did that, that it left some sort of tinny after flavors into the meat, which I wasn't really fond of. So use something like a plastic or enamel plate. So your ingredients for this are super simple. The amounts you're gonna use are gonna vary both on the taste, what you really like, how the flavor profile, as well as the amount of jerky that you're uh, going to be marinating. You start with a Worcestershire sauce, or Worcestershire or Worcestershire, I, who knows, right? I mean, hey Google, how do you pronounce Worcestershire? That's pronounced Worcestershire. Ooh, I think it just yelled at me. So, Worcestershire. I'm using a low sodium uh, gluten-free soy sauce. That's something that, you know, you don't have to use. You can use a regular gluten-free soy sauce, or I guess if you refuse to eat gluten-free, you can do a non-gluten-free soy sauce. Little less sodium is always a good thing. You're going to use the Worcestershire, you're going to use that uh, gluten-free soy sauce, you're going to take some cracked black pepper, onion powder, and a little bit of liquid smoke. So you're going to play with these flavors and kind of like get your bearings. You know, you may not like some of the more sweet kind of almost um, syrupy flavors that you get from the uh, the uh for the Worcestershire or you may actually enjoy more of that kind of like Asian influence from the soy sauce flavor or maybe even you like that little extra bit of smoke attached to it so you'll use a little extra smoke either way as long as you're using the mixture of these basic five you are all set cracked pepper onion powder liquid smoke Worcestershire and some soy sauce if you want to dilute the marinade, let's say you're going to be using the, an overnight marinating method, you can add something like a beef broth to the mixture as well. As a matter of fact, when I made our uh, <clears throat> jerky, that's exactly what I did instead of use uh, a, a, along with all of this. It allowed me to use a little bit less of this. I still maintain the flavor and I was left with a really great, uh, great kind of robust beefy taste to that. If you're someone that likes the sweeter sides of the jerky, you can go ahead and actually keep all of the five ingredients that you have here and just add a little bit of honey. I'm sorry, not honey, a little bit of maple syrup. That's going to give you that sweeter kind of flavor that you might get from some of the more store brand versions of the jerky if you're so inclined for something like that. And for a little extra kick that I really like, I added some cinnamon. I really liked how it kind of gave this kind of really neat, I, I honestly can't tell, it's a, a really great kind of unique flavor. It balanced really well with that cracked pepper and worked really well when I did it with this maple syrup. So now we've made this marinade. We put, the, we put our sliced meats into the pot and we're gonna let that soak for at least a couple of hours. Again, it's up to you how long you wanna marinate the stuff for. The less that you marinate it, the more of that meat flavor that you're gonna pull out when you're dehydrated, the more you're gonna marinate, and the longer you marinate it, the deeper and richer the flavors of the spices that you're putting in. So if you're gonna make something like a, like a, a strong peppered uh, jerky or something like that, then you're definitely gonna to wanna to let it sit for a little while longer. So after you've had a chance for that meat to marinate, I went ahead, like I said, and just used this hot to marinate my meat as well as to cook it. You've got to cook the meat. Just because you dehydrate does not mean that it's going to kill all of the bacteria. 
There are a couple different, actually four different methods to ensure the fact that your uh, jerky is going to be safe to eat without the risk of bacteria. The first method, which is the one that I felt was best and easiest for me to use, was to boil the meat in the marinade straight after it's done marinating. So I would just put it on the stove, bring it to a boil, let that boil for about five minutes or until the internal temperature was about, I'd say 160 degrees. Then I took it off, let it cool for an hour and then drain. Another method that you can use to make good jerky that's going to be safe from bacteria is to smoke the jerky ahead of time. Using a smoker outside, using the individual specifications or instructions for each individual smoker as they're different, you can smoke the meat after it's been marinated and then dehydrate. Another method that you can use is going to be it's taking that meat from the marinade and then you're going to lay that on a single layer of a cookie sheet or some other sheet, I guess just a cookie sheet or pan sheet pan anyway, and you're going to throw that in the oven at 200 degrees for about one hour. Again, ensuring the fact that your meat hits 160. If you are going to use turkey or chicken or other uh, items like pork, you're gonna wanna make sure that the internal temperature of your beef, or I'm sorry, of your meat product reaches 165. So 160 degrees before dehydration for your beef, 165 before dehydration for pork, chicken, and turkey. With me still? Awesome. Okay, so another thing that you can do in order to ensure that you don't have any bacteria left in your uh, jerky is after dehydrating the jerky, you can place that jerky again onto a sheet pan or a cookie sheet, throw that into the oven again for about an hour until it reaches 160 degrees for about, I'd say 30 to 45 minutes, then lay it out, let it, or I'm sorry, pull it out, let it cool off, and then that should be safe to say. Each different way is going to provide a different texture quality to the dehydrated jerky. So be aware, smoking your meat instead of boiling it is going to give you that rich kind of, um, that kind of rich, raw, dark red flavor, has a drier consistency to it, more of a chewy. If you boil your jerky, uh, your meat marinade straight like I did, it's going to give you this appearance of almost looking burnt while not, but the inside texture of the jerky is still more, uh, for me, I like palatable, almost a more realistic meat flavor for uh, this thing. Not really, an, I don't say, a store-bought jerky-esque. That if you go ahead and you throw your jerky into the oven after the fact, uh, let's say like after you've dehydrated it, that to me, in my opinion, is the worst texture of all, has a tendency to get this kind of glistening, kind of um, the oils, I'm assuming, kind of come to the surface. But that is, again, as long as you're doing something to ensure the fact that all of this has been married, uh, has had a chance for the bacteria to kill, you're good to go. So after you've pulled this stuff out to dehydrate, let's, or I'm sorry, you're getting ready to dehydrate. Gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself already. Let's talk about temperatures. The longer you, uh, the longer you're going to choose to dehydrate your uh, jerky, the lower the temperature that you can go. So if you're planning on going for a 24 or 48 hours uh, drying time, you can actually start at, I would say, about 130 and then finish at about 145 in the last, let's say, uh, um, let's say four hours, right? 
If you're trying to cook the jerky, which you can't dehydrate it within about five or six hours, which is also equally as fine, you can you want to hit that at about 158 degrees for a dehydration temperature. Just remember that each dehydrator, if you're choosing to use a dehydrator like something like this, has its own temperature specifications for each. So just use the ballpark figure around. For example, if you're if you may have 160 and I'm telling you 158, that's perfectly fine. You also might be surprised to find out that some of those fancy machines that you have sitting in your kitchen right now are capable of dehydrating. And when I was out looking for a dehydrator to do this uh, episode with, I noticed that a lot of um, fancy toaster ovens, that um, the, the Ninja Foodie, other, uh, other uh, appliances actually have the ability to, or a dehydration function on the uh, appliance itself. So make sure if you're curious and you wanna try it, see if you, you may have something already that's able to go. You can also use your oven to uh, make a dehydrator, though some ovens do struggle at having a maintaining a temperature of 200 degrees. And to be honest, if you are trying to save a little bit of energy, it's much better to use a standard dehydrator or another appliance rather than using your oven. So we've talked about that. You're gonna cook this jerky, maybe you know, a minimum of six hours at 158 to a maximum of 36 to 48 if you're making a temperature range of 130 to 141 degrees. Pull it out, let that cool for a little bit, toss it in some Ziploc bags, get as much air out as possible, and it's good. You can put it in the fridge if you wanna store it for a little bit longer. You can also have it out at room temperature. It is good for that's, I would say about a month to three weeks to a month. It just depends on how much moisture you are able to remove from each piece of, uh, from the meat jerky itself, as well as making sure that no moisture ever actually attaches itself into this jerky. Because it, as with all of the dehydrated things that we're going to be working with today, moisture is not their friend. Okay, so always remember to make sure that you're doing something to the to to your. Uh, jerky before you eat it that's going to kill off the bacteria. Either boiling it inside the marinade for about five minutes until it reaches 160, smoking the meat outside uh, in a smoker until it reaches 160, or putting it in the oven at 200 degrees for one hour until it reaches 160. Awesome, right? Okay, I will go put a small put. To, I will put together some ingredient lists and some other stuff for your shopping lists for the jerky on the website uh, on my portion of the Grumpy Bunny on ilogicmedia.com's website for you. That can kind of help you along. But again, it's super easy and super duper simple to do these things. I'm, I'm telling you, it's perfect. So let's move on. Initially, when I did this episode, the idea was to really just make tons and tons of jerky. But someone uh, reminded me that there's quite a few other things that, in the world that you can make beyond meat. Some people don't even like to eat meat. So I thought, what would a vegetarian eat? Oh, dried stuff. No, I'm kidding. That's not actually how that went. But what happened is, is I really wanted an opportunity to kind of showcase some of these ideas that you can make with the random stuff, uh, as well as what you can put together with it. But losing my train of thought, my apologies. All of the great things that we can do with the dehydrator. So let's start with your basics. I was going to have banana chips, but also like that jerky, they mysteriously disappeared somehow. And I don't know where they went. Banana chips are easy. Follow your quarter inch rule. Okay. You can slice them. You can then baste them with a little bit of honey and a little bit of water. Mix that in together. Baste each one of those. 
pat them dry, then throw them in those in the dehydrator at about 135 degrees for 10 hours. Holy snot, is that good. Other things that you can really make that I thought were really cool is fruit. So with fruits and vegetables, kind of want to follow the same philosophy with this that you would follow with your jerk jerky. The higher the temperature that you use to dehydrate fruits and vegetables, the harder it's going to be on the vegetable or fruit itself. So if you're trying to get something like a quick, um, a, a quick dehydrate at a higher temperature, you're not going to necessarily get as delicate of a finish because the heat itself is making the, the as it contracts and pulls that moisture out, it's going to contract. On the other hand, if you take it lower and slower, allowing the uh, fruit or vegetable to dehydrate at a slower rate of time, you can actually make perfectly dehydrated, gorgeous garnishes. These I can go ahead and toss into, let's say, a bottle of sangria or maybe on top of some pork or as a garnish. For a party. Should we open this? Yeah, I'm waiting for later. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with these fruits. You know, I've made some limes right here. I dehydrated all of my fruit, all of the fruit that has kind of like, so let's say limes, oranges, lemons. Those I did at about 141 degrees for about 10 hours. Some of them, like this here, I took a little bit of sugar around the edges of the rind, and then I um, some nutmeg to give it kind of this allspice, maybe something that I would use in the fall and then winter. Others here, I actually just left them to be. Now, you can eat all of it, even the rind itself, but some people may not find the rind to be too palatable. So I just took a peeler and just peeled off that edges. Oh my gosh. Even the lemons have a tendency to bring this nice sweet tart flavor to anything. So that's just one other thing that you can do with that. Limes, I dehydrated some mangoes as well, but there's more. There's more really that you can do beyond just, you know, your nuts and your fruit and your everything. I was actually able to make, as I was thinking about this, well, what about herbs and spices? Easy. 104 degrees if you're if you're able to or 98 if you're dehydrator which if you have a, a standard or even a simple dehydrator it should do just fine take some fresh herbs that you may find at the store that maybe you didn't get a chance to use all of when you were making a turkey or roast or something else you leave you take a piece of parchment paper i'm sorry uh yes parchment paper you're going to line this uh your dehydrator tray here you place like, let's say the sprigs of rosemary or a sprig of thyme, leave it whole on the, um, on the stick itself. Throw those into the dehydrator for about five hours. I would say at 104 degrees, let those dry for a little bit and cool. And I made my own meat tenderizer. I just added some crushed salt and some regular salts that I had and a little bit of brown sugar onto that. And I made my own spice blend. More, there's more soup stuff. So I took some celery that I had that was almost ready to go bad, and it, but it wasn't quite bad enough, but I wasn't ready to use it. So I went ahead, cut that up into small little quarter, a little bit more than a quarter inch chunks. 
I threw that on some silicone mesh that I found on Amazon for a dollar five. So that way, as it dehydrated, it didn't fall through the little slats right here. <laughs> and again, about 135 to 140 degrees, I let that dehydrate. And then I'm left with this wonderful, wonderful cut celery sticks that are good for a couple of months that I can toss into a soup. I can make that, you add that into a stock and I get that fresh, great, fresh stuff. Same thing with these uh, red peppers. I took some red peppers, just threw those right in there, even with my celery, right up into the dehydrator. I let that dehydrate at 138 to 141 for about five to eight hours, depending on uh, you know what temperature you use. And again, I was able to have these later, a soup stock, or maybe I want to have a crispy garnish on top of a salad. Isn't that a just, I mean, a great idea. There is so much stuff that you can do with a dehydrator. And these days, they're pretty gnarly. This one has a timer option for me, so I can set it and basically forget it. Though it's kind of hard to forget it, because some stuff has such a really great smell as it's dehydrating. It's just not, not even funny. But my point is, is that this is a wonderful way for me to make all sorts of wonderful wholesome treats. I have some dried apples that I made here that I can eat at home to make really just interesting things. And I thought outside the box. I thought, all right, strawberries. I like dried strawberries. I can throw that on top of my granola or on top of a regular cornflake cereal. Look how great those look. Again, they'll last for a lot longer than they would. They still have that same great flavor. I have no chemicals or additives or preservatives or anything extra in anything that I made today, which in the end is something that I'm striving for. Back to the strawberries. So earlier this week, I made a cake and it looked okay. But then I thought, well, I made those freeze dried, or I made those strawberries. I tossed them in the freezer for a, uh, just a hot second to make sure I could get them really like, you know, well, frozen. Pulled those out of the frozen, beat the snout out of them with a rolling pin, and then used that to on the side of this wonderful vanilla cake that has a strawberry filling and a cream cheese edge. What a great additive to just something that's super simple. And let me tell you, the, the flavors that you'll get from this is nothing from anything you will find in a store. And again, super easy and not expensive. So in closing, let's talk. Your dehydrator is your friend. They're super easy. They're not that expensive. You can get a variety of styles and sizes and everything. But in fact, you might actually already have the tools at home that you need to make the stuff that we talked about today. Double check and see if that Ninja Foodie thing that you have at home can do that, or that toaster oven has a dehydrator option. You will be surprised how easy and simple it is to make a variety of things that are just really fun. Later, which I'm going to... You know what? We'll talk in a second. There's so many. There, it's just great. So let's talk about what's going to happen in two weeks because I am so excited about this, uh, our next episode. I am going to throw a party. Now, although there won't necessarily be anybody here for my party, I'm going to show you what I am going to set up for my garden party that I'm having later this year. We're going to utilize all of the things that I have learned in all of my previous episodes, from pickling to all of this dehydrated stuff, those cookies that you saw. We're going to make some wonderful things that you've never seen before, an awesome cottage cheese Waldorf salad. Um, oh, we're going to make bacon wrapped cheese stuffed jalapeno poppers. 
and other stuff too. I highly encourage you to stay tuned for that episode because like I said, it's going to be neat for me to show you all of the things that I have learned and some other stuff in our next episode. So like I said, two weeks, the party episode, check it out. But before I go, I want you to remember that on my website right now on, uh, on both the iLodge Media as well as the uh, my Facebook page, you're going to be able to find all of the information for super, uh, the fundraiser that we are running right now. Please, if you have anything in mind that you'd like to look at, do so. If you've ever wanted to support the Grumpy Bunny, here's your chance. Go straight to uh, ilogicmedia.com where I cannot believe I'm honest to God saying this, I have my own merchandise. And again, right now, $5 from that profit, uh, from the profit, basically five bucks from that goes straight to the fundraiser that we're going to be doing to that. So help me look good with the rest of my iLogic team and buy lots of stuff. All right. So do me a favor. Go find something fun to do for the next couple of weeks. Maybe a dehydrator. Who knows? And have a great rest of your week. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. I'll stay right here if you have anybody has any questions at the end of the show. But otherwise, we'll see you then. So, hi everybody. Let's talk about that first question. Uh, you know, I didn't talk about kale chips. I, you know, I should have, but I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little biased against kale. Um, it's never been one of my things. Uh, but you're right, kale, it, drying that kale is a wonderful uh Kale chips are, are great, especially a little bit of salt and pepper. Um, I, there are a ton of different things that you can make. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. No, I did not. And I appreciate that, John, for just talking about that. Any other questions, comments, concerns? No? All right. Again, I really, I hate, I hate kale other than kale chips. Well, that's good to know. I'll tell you what. I will make kale chips in this dehydrator. I'm going to post my achievements or unachievements on that. I will post a live video of me tasting them, and I will give you my report on how I feel about that. Sound good? Awesome. Again, everyone, thanks so much for watching the show. And for those of you that stayed to kind of like do our little chit chat after the fact, thank you very, very much. I cannot wait to see all of you again in two weeks. So. Bye.